All right, Ira. It is March Madness. Uh, the Yahoo Fantasy site has been, you know, inundated with brackets, but here we are, and uh, it's the most important time of the year for our league. It's playoff time, baby. The only bracket that matters to me. You know? Good to be here. The, the championship bracket is set. Garrett and Bibsy with the first round buys. Nostradamus versus EB to the, the Dark Ages, which we'll discuss whether those are still in existence, as we always do. And uh, I'm out of dick jokes. First, trust the process. We got, we got a good playoff run here. Uh, you know, there's a lot at stake. Uh, there's a lot to talk about here. Um, but, you know, I think we just got to start with a, a quick razz of Trevere. Uh, a little postmortem for his team. You said a lot of this podcast this year that I want to talk about Trevor, but <laughs> I, I, he doesn't listen. But like, dude, like we we've been talking all year about if it, he misses the playoffs, like he's officially like dead as a fantasy manager. The draft board. <laughs> uh, it it I mean it's bad. He didn't have any picks like after the eighth round. I feel like uh, maybe even sooner than that. Uh, he took a few too many gambles. Probably he had some you know injury unluck with Harden and you know Kyrie not playing most of the season. Uh, Durant being out for periods of time. I mean, he knew what but, he was doing with Kyrie. I but think. look, he yeah. had all these all these guys that like he he could have moved. Like I'm sure Levy would have liked Kyrie as a keeper. Um, you know, th- th- there were things to be done here if you wanted to make the playoffs, but uh, just too stubborn to do it. So uh, I think R.I.P. to to Trevier being considered a, an elite fantasy manager in, in my mind. I mean, definitely. I mean, at least he used to have. The, you know, his go-to move was, oh, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm an elite drafter, you know? I mean, that was, like, at least his one strong skill set. But, I mean, after this experience, I mean, Javier kind of, like, ripped through some moves here the last couple weeks, too, even to try and make up some ground. But, like, you know, John Collins really tanked the last month or two. Draymond getting injured, not a surprise. Malcolm Brogdon constantly in- injured. Cade Cunningham, I mean, you know, yeah, get your rookie, get your upside. But, like... You might take Kyrie on top of that when you know the guy's not going to play at his games. It's messy stuff. If there's one philosophy I've always had, Ira. It's that you draft, you know, you draft health. That's the, the number one most important thing in this league. It's, uh, it's, been, it's been more difficult for all of us this year. But, you know, when you're starting at places where there's guys with real injuries and injury histories to start with, plus COVID, you know, you're, you're kind of due for pain. Um, also, I mean, we should also say, I mean, the, the guy didn't pick a direction, which is like, I mean, I think really uh, the worst thing you could do in this league. I mean, I don't know, I guess maybe you could argue going for it when he got no chance is stupid, but uh, I mean, Trevor could have sold. I mean, it's just, you know, he missed the playoffs by a game. Uh, you know, he he beat Andrew 6-3 in the final week, but needed a 7-2, I think, to actually like close the gap. And, uh, you know, he's got to make some moves. If he wants it, he's got to trade for it or he should have traded out. He had plenty of good players he could have dealt. So, I don't know, Trier's always gone his own way, but uh, it hasn't been very successful by... Uh... It has not been a very successful way. Uh, you know, another manager that's in the playoffs this year, with, you know, we'll talk about John, another guy that's not always had the most successful way, even though he's uh, at least at winning the sternum. But, you know, before we dive into individual teams and matchups, what do you think is at stake in this playoffs this year? Stake in the playoffs? I, well, I think every team certainly is coming in with its own uh, kind of agenda, I mean, you know, we have Justin back as always, myself. I'm on a, a pretty epic run of dominance, obviously. I'm trying to keep that going. Um, Are you, though? Why wouldn't I be trying to keep it going? Well, I'm mildly concerned that you're, you know, a lot of huffing and puffing from you that, you know, oh, I'm not going to win this year. And I don't think it's counter-jinxing like Justin would do. It really just feels like, again, that you're feeling the league weighing down on you with, with moves limits and all this kind of stuff. 
and you just feel like you know I, I need to I need to step away from from winning for one season to get all the heat off me and, and to to keep the league as it is. Well, I mean, it's a it's a fair question about the direction of the league and what's best for it. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's I mean competitive balance. I mean you know if people feel like they can't win at the game, they're not going to play it. So yeah, it's. Uh, I understand that it could be good for me to lose one. Um, you know, my, my team, we're going to fight for it. Uh, you know, what waivers or, you know, 3 a.m. moves, I think I can use both methods uh, very effectively. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we can talk more about the bracket. I mean, we have, you know, Corey's here, hasn't been in the playoffs now for a couple seasons, so it's good to see him back. Uh, I will say, I like how the bracket broke down because it's kind of like, um, I think we're going to talk about more of this as we get back past the bracket, but we have like the Conley Accords Troika in Corey and Andrew, who had the Conley deal and decided to you know be the martyrs for the league and l- void the deal, join forces with Garrett to create the Conley Accords. And then what I like to think of as the independents on the other half of the bracket in Justin, John, and myself, who actually you know still think for themselves in the league. And, oh brother! Uh, you can't see this. It's a podcast, but if this is on video, I just gave the biggest eye roll on the planet. The independent you you think just as selfishly as those two. You understand oh. that, right? Come you, on, you, you single handedly tried tanking the Conley Accords this season. Single, I not single handedly. Uh, it was pretty single handedly. Eric's oblivious. Okay. I, I tested the Conley Accords. I had to find with the out intention, what the with the intention are. of 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 barricading of uh, uh, torpedoing it. No, 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 no. no. Nothing yeah, to do with yeah, 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 yeah. You need to find out. You were, you were, you were a secret agent in the Conley Accords. You, you joined the Conley. You joined the Conley Accords to not seem like a bad guy because you want to pretend that you're, you're, you're Mister. I'm about the league and the health of the league. But the second you have a chance to tank it, you, you went for it. So that, that's all I'll say about that. We don't have to talk about it further. I think we'll come back to this issue. And we we aren't done with this waivers and what was implemented here a few weeks ago. Oh, okay, yeah. Some question, questionable. You're getting really good at gaslighting here, Ira. You know, you're really emulating the Republican. The the league has changed. You know, the Republicans that you hate. We have have a lot of sheep out here, you know, that are ready to follow Garrett where he takes them. And yeah, we're allowed to have other opinions. I think I think that's a healthy thing for the league. But you know, in terms of the bracket, yeah, it's. I, I do think I have the upper hand on John, despite the score the first couple of days. Just uh, my team can do the basic things the big man stats and compete with him in the guard stats. Uh, and you know, typical John, a lot, a lot of, a lot of bluster, but no actual deals. Well, well, so this is actually why I'm more excited about these matchups. Not that these fictional kind of narratives that you just painted, but I'm interested because Corey needs to prove that he's willing to like he's he's had a great season. He's He's uh, put himself in a good, good spot. Andrew's, like, you know, a guy that's going to make a lot of volume pickups. Corey needs to just kind of get that out of the way in the first round. Can I survive a volume matchup guy? If he could do it, great. He has a chance. If not, it's not going to work. John, on the s- similar note, John's ready to go with the volume, but he needs to kind of, like, break out of his, his shell that he can't beat the big boys. Um, so putting him up against you, where you kind of have a real strategic version of picking up, and John just has more of a... Uh, you know, he thinks he's going to math his way based on just, just, you know, as many air drops as he possibly can. He probably has like 15 waiver claims a night, you know, being in order or whatever. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think both of those guys have chips on their shoulders and, and it's the perfect matchup for them to prove themselves before going into the semifinals. And I think, you know, whoever gets, gets to that next round is going to have, uh, A, a nice advantage that they've been playing with the waiver system for a week. 
that you know Garrett and Justin will have to adapt to. And those guys are beatable in the playoffs. You know, they're not they're not invincible, ruthless. You know, Justin will air drop you to death when it's three in the morning, but I don't know if he's going to have the same diligence with this waiver system. So I, I think it's anyone's league to win this year. Um, I, I think it's going to honestly come down to health of teams uh, and key players in the last few weeks here. But um, I, I think these first-round matchups are going to be more interesting than any of the future matchups. Uh, I, the first-round matchups are fun. I mean, I think – I mean, if we're looking at – Myself versus Justin. I mean, I, n- nobody's going to appreciate that semifinals uh, besides the two participants, maybe. But uh, well, we always appreciated that neither that you guys won't be playing each other in the finals. So, like that's yeah, that's, that's yeah. a that's a win for everybody. That, that, that's true. This is true. Yeah, no. and there's someone to root for in the finals, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see. I guess we'll see if. Uh, well, I mean, we're pretty. Yeah, we have a couple of non-immortals and four four immortals in these playoffs. So. Uh, it's a nice balance. I mean, I think G- G- Garrett's is definitely the team to beat. I mean, that much is clear. I mean, he lost Chris Paul, but the team is fucking loaded still. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, things a lot could change in a couple weeks, you know, whenever uh, me or Justin might be seeing him in the finals. But uh, Carl Anthony Towns could get COVID again, you know. Uh... <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. Well, naturally, we all could go for 60 after our, our mother died, right? You know, that's yeah. the best way to celebrate Jeez. an anniversary. Was that, a, was, that, was that the anniversary? Is that why you put it up? Yeah, I think it was. Like, I didn't realize that. It was like two years, yeah, prior. Okay. Uh, yeah, I should have realized that going into put some money down, but. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, look, I mean, year one of the Garrett Ari deal, I mean, Garrett is crushing the deal right now. I mean, Anthony Davis basically uh, exited stage left like two weeks after I got him. Towns is still booming. Uh, Shea, I mean, we'll see if he plays every game, but right now is still playing and not sitting at all. Gary Trent Jr. has been playing some good basketball, and Josh Hart now is a Portland's go-to player. <laughs> He's posted, you know, 31 and 44 his last two games. So. Portland, Portland should just trade Dame. Like, they're kind of fun without him. Uh, I know they had a big losing streak following their big winning streak after the trade, but, like, eh, trade him, get some young pieces, and, like, see what you can kind of build, you know? I think it might be fun. I, 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 so, they have Anthony Simons now. I mean, they have some pieces yeah. that they can re- just reload with. They, with they have guys that can play defense, though, that, like, you know, maybe get, like, trade Dame for, like, a, you know, some other guys that can actually defend in, in addition to scoring. It maybe, may work out better for them. I don't know. We, that's neither here nor there. But, uh, all right. So, I, I think we have a nice little breakdown of the bracket. Um, who do you think is going to win this sternum this year? Do you think it's Garrett? Uh, it's Garrett's to lose. I'll say that much. I'm expecting Garrett to take this. Uh, his team is. You know, pretty damn healthy right now. We'll see if anybody gets in the IL spot. But, you know, unless, uh, you know, it's possible Staps and LeBron and Shea all need to start resting. And that's going to change the game. Uh, you know, Garrett's definitely nervous as fuck after uh, our last encounter. So, uh, you know, if we get our, our third finals matchup between me and him, he took the first one. I took the second. Could be fun. But uh, Justin and Andrew should have something to say about it, too. I, I agree. And I think, I think Andrew's been a good puncher this season. Like... A few years in a row, it's felt like he's like got his way near the playoffs or to the playoffs, but like with pretty atrocious rosters. And I, I don't think that's the case this year. I think his losses have been more due to kind of not great luck. Um, I, I think I think he's going to be in it to win it, and I, uh, he's been paying attention this year. So um, yeah, I like him as a nice outside chance of winning. But uh, yeah, it'd be nice to get some some new newer blood than than yourself. Yeah. Uh, as a champion this season, I haven't been to. Corey's really got to pick it up if he, if he wants to make this happen. I'll say I, I don't see the moves. Uh, part of me wants him to win, and part of me is like I can't. 
like I can't live with myself if Corey wins the tournament before I do. You know, it, that'd be a tough, <laughs> a tough look for me. Okay, so you're still against any uh, any new immortals? You'd rather uh, to keep her in the family? Uh, you know, I feel like if John wins it, like I want to be like you know as annoying as that would be. Um, from the throwback in my face, I feel like you know he's been a pretty good manager and pretty dedicated to, to the league over the last few years. So and, and Corey's been good the last few years. Don't get me wrong. It, just something about another long term manager, you know, getting it before me that would be upsetting. Like if Levy ever, well, Levy's never gonna get there. But like if Levy got one before me, I'd, I'd probably quit. Yeah, Levy's so. been 11th, three out of the last four years. It's yeah. been a, an epic downfall. Uh, for t- he, he hasn't. I, I guess we can now talk about some takeaways for the losing managers. I don't think he's learned anything over these last few seasons. You know, he's been constantly complaining about how people aren't having fun. It's like, dude, maybe if you had a healthy roster for any of these seasons, you'd be having a good time. Like, you know, people, have, people get upset during, like, the stressful times of the season when there's trade debates and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, having a roster that's kind of in the hunt for things, it's a little bit more fun than going 65 and 115. Uh, that, that's all I'll kind of say on him there. Um, yeah. I mean, 21 moves, league low for the season. Uh, yeah, just, you know, Levy's got to mix it up if he wants to actually uh, make some progress here. Yeah, and it's funny. Dan came in last place, but I feel like he had a, a respectable season to some degree. Like, he won some matchups. Things didn't click, but he, like, won, like, he won some key matchups. He also he, was without Zion. And that's exactly. He had some bad, bad injury luck there. He, he has a few 7-2 wins. Um, like, it, it wasn't oh, – I'm sorry. I'm looking at myself. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, even Bam, Zion, Paul George, Terry Rozier's looking like a nice keeper for next season for Dan. He had a really nice season with the Hornets, so I mean, I guess Gordon Hayward should come back, but uh, Terry's still looking like a keeper for Dan. You know, I think it's probably like the seventh or sixth round next year. Yeah, I think seventh round keeper next year. Yeah, I, I think he'll be in better shape next season. He'll probably cut bait with Zion, maybe, and uh, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Uh, other losing managers. Uh, well, we should we should oh, not, we shouldn't let it get by though. Levy also somehow managed <laughs> to not land in tenth place after you know he he looked like he was kind of targeting that spot and him and Eric met in the final week and I think Eric wound up I think winning the matchup five four in order to or he lost no Levy oh sorry no it was uh, Duran versus Eric and Eric lost four five to Duran and they pulled into a tie and <laughs> the tie went to Eric for tenth place so. Top lottery odds now are in Eric's, uh, Eric's house. And then what I think then it's like, I think Duran was next in ninth place. Yes. And then, uh, then it swings to like Levy in 11th, Dank in 12th, Paul in 8th, Trev in 7th, and John Ando is very happy that he got his, uh, his 5% odds in 6th place. Uh, of course. <laughs> very John, very John. <laughs> well, let's sneak into the playoffs so I get a slightly improved chance of being mediocre next season. Uh, all right, that, that's pretty much it for the losing managers. Uh, you, you have on the rundown here waiver controversy and state of the league. Uh, you know, did, did, I don't think there's much controversy. Did you minutes, Paul. Let's, let's, did, you, did you look at the minutes? Many times. And as always, your brain works not wrong, but slightly different than the rest of our brains work. The reason it's written that Paul is going to build a continuous waiver system is because we did not think that Yahoo could change midseason from the regular system to the waiver system. But that was actually what we discussed first. But Garrett had said it was not possible to do. When he eventually researched it and found out that it could be done, we said, let's go ahead and do it. There's a reason that no one else is fighting this but you. No one else had an issue with it. We all, wanted, we all voted to approve continuous waivers if we were able to do it. Why would me creating 
a probably flawed system of continuous waivers be better than being allowed to do it in the Yahoo mechanism? Oh, just, and my concern is that now we can change anything in Yahoo at any time. It's just it's, – it is – it is a big push. If we if we well uh, if we voted on that right, in the well, off season that we we're going to mid season change a rule, then that's if the league if the league votes on that, that's fine. This stuff's but that's, very that's, complex. But that's that's not complex, it's a one time change. Give me but one give me can, one example of how this could be applied to other things. We can do multi prong changes now. G- give me, give we, me could, we could stop trades and then restart trades. Uh, no, because the deadlines are fixed. That's that's a fixed rule and you can move the, the deadline. Have but you looked at the settings? You can't un you can't undo the deadline. I, I don't know. I mean, that, I Garrett could manually Garrett could manually move guys. Oh well, yeah, you could also do that. But we keep so, we mean, keep pushing the trade deadline back. So why would that ever happen? Like earlier. Well, you could encourage people to do it earlier. They pay a penalty for making the trade so early. So in the people season. want that. Then when they want it, I don't think anyone's going to want that. I'm just saying, we're pushing the envelope. And We've been pushing the envelope. We can stop the season and switch switch to head to head for the playoffs. Or switch to roto for the playoffs. Yeah, that's very realistic, Ira. Well, I mean, this is rather ridiculous that we're changing formats mid-season. That's, that's... Well, this is what happens when you don't... Well, people wanted it all year, but, you you know, they had to compromise for you, so... Well, uh, well I just said all we have to do is say 6 a.m. That's when moves happen. You can't do that, though. That's not changeable in the, in the system. It's quite easy to veto something. If somebody made a move before 6 a.m., we would just cancel the move. Who's monitoring these things? I monitor them all the time. When we weren't dealing with COVID situations. Right. I mean, yeah, so... Things have changed, but it's yeah. quite easy to do a 6 a.m. rule. Instead, we're doing waivers, which is the same system now. Basically, now I can't be rewarded for making but so, a, an intensive move in the playoffs. Somebody goes down, I don't have the opportunity to pick somebody up. I have to get in line with everybody else to pick them up. Yeah, well, fortunately, it's, I mean... You're not rewarded I, for watching basketball. I also think with this nonsense of John writing a script to be able to pick up guys the second the, uh, you know, free agency would open in a given day has kind of changed this calculus to that. I think the waiver... Uh, the, the continuous well, waiver is a good thing to prevent that anyway. Well, I think that's something I think to be honest, I think he should I think I would have allowed it for the season and then he voted down in the Mayors meeting. You know, it's it's just against like the spirit of competition, you know? Like spirit of competition. You were ready to sell your guys off to last season for nothing. What are you talking about? You know where you were frustrated and you texted a few of us about selling players off <laughs> at the cheap. <laughs> oh yeah, when people were being ridiculous at the oh, uh, before the comedy courts happened. Uh, this is spirit of competition. And did I do it, Ira? Well, I don't think everybody was talk is cheap. up on the offer. Talk <laughs> is cheap. Uh, I don't know. Well, the, the, the talk seemed awfully real. Yeah. So It's concerning stuff. Nothing it's happened. concerning stuff. Uh, but I mean, we're just... I don't know. People need to think a little more, I'd say. That's my concern. And the See, fact that Garrett just ran it through without having a proper conversation. There's no... Uh, well, this is what we... We put it down in the notes. It was also like a thing that came up in conversation like... It was like an off-chance topic. I was like, oh, yeah, Paul's going to make it we off. We talked about it for... We, no, we, uh-huh. that's literally not how it happened at all. It was all. the end of the meeting. But we were talking about continuous waivers. We were talking about continuous waivers. That's see, what the item came up with. You tend, to, you tend to misremember these meetings. It's in the notes. But it was the are these, are these notes or minutes, by the way? Are these notes or minutes? These are... I think they're notes, right? So they're not, they're not an call, exact representation of the conversation? This looks like a summary to me. Okay. not minutes. Right. Minutes are actual, like, word for word. my recollection and Garrett's recollection, okay... Two people whose brains I think you somewhat respect, I, I, would, I would hope. Yeah. You know, both remember that we had conversations about everyone wanting, not everyone obviously, but the majority of the league wanting continuous waivers during the playoffs as a solution to the, the ad drop issue. So that's why, uh, we, I don't need to reiterate it again, you're not going to believe me anyway, but yeah, we can move uh, on. I stand by what I said. You basically got a pass because nobody thought it was even going to happen. 
it was an it was an alternative to try and get to the solution because the moves thing couldn't get passed. No, because we didn't think that's we, what we, we didn't think Yahoo. Let's get out of here. It's been a long. We meeting. didn't think Yahoo could do it. It's Gary could have looked at to Yahoo. your point. To your point, it's, it's happened. If people don't want that to happen next year, they could vote it down in the managers' meeting. Right, but now we've established that we can basically change whatever rules we want mid season. Oh, boy, yeah, it's a sad thing. It's a sad thing that managers didn't have a chance to actually put some thought into this. And it's well, no, no, no one else. No one else complained but you. Okay. No, other people weren't happy about it. Just they don't bother complaining because Gary gets all upset about it. Well, that's everything. Well, I mean, that's it's a shame that we can't have a proper dialogue. We do need Garrett, and I love Garrett, but he has to throwing these hissy fits mid-season. I understand it was a rough day at work, but like, if, like, if people are afraid to talk to you, because like, just 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 ignore it. If you if like, he doesn't need to debate with you on everything, right? Like, a lot of times you're baiting him. Yeah, you're baiting him. Sometimes I'm baiting him. Sometimes Levy's baiting him. He can just, like, let it go, and it's fine. Yeah, no, it all does work out. He doesn't mind being manager. There's one or two rough days a year, but, you know, let it, let it bounce off. Or be angry about it for the day like we do, and then we, you move on. Well, I, I move on. I don't know if you move on, but most of us move on after the day. <laughs> uh, I gotta, you, let, you let the results come in from basketball, and you get used to uh, focusing on the game at hand, and, you know, that's the, uh, you know, I'm bringing back to make Garrett regret it slogan, you know, to try and... Uh, <laughs> Try and take him another stern in this season. So, we'll see. We'll see. All right, let's, let's start talking about the things that really matter here. Uh, let's debrief Vegas. Uh, Are you recovered, Paul? Your voice sounds okay now. Yeah, it, I, yeah so... Uh, I'm, I'm so curious. I, I never really asked you, like, do you... At what point do you think I was, like, faking being sick versus, like, did you ever come around to the fact that I actually, like, was very, like, ill when I was there? Oh, no, no, no. I, I believed you were sick. <laughs> I saw you that morning. You were, you were in rough shape. You were, uh, yeah, you were definitely, uh, I don't know, like 25% capacity. I, I, felt, I felt very bad about it. And I was, like, so excited for the weekend, too. And it just, like, put a real damper on it for me pretty early on. You recovered. I mean, I think you were fine. By the next day, you were fine. Yeah, I still couldn't really, like, drink much and, like, even eat. Like, at the steakhouse, I could barely put down any food. It was, like, mm-hmm. I, I was pretty disappointed about that. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, who would have thought you were the, the big puker for the weekend, dude? I, I'm still not sure, like, if it was food poisoning or, like, the, 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 like, the syrupy, yeah. slushy drink. But, like, yeah, it was very disappointing either way. Like, we're never going back to Vegas. And, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, never I, never. I think if I was in my best shape, I could have actually ramped up some of the, some of the shenanigans a little further. But uh, it's okay, you know. Well, you recovered through your axes, you know. I, 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 did, I did the best I could. So, yeah, I, I mean, I barely ate that day. I, like, people didn't realize I didn't drink the whole time at, at Axe's. And I had no food there either. I had, like, no lunch that day. I just said, what do we have? We, we had, I, I hot breakfast. I hot breakfast, and I had, uh, yeah, the rum at that place. And then uh, whatever we had at the steakhouse. So, yeah, it was, it was rough, man. But uh, did you have a good time in Vegas? Was it uh I enjoyed myself. Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, I just embraced the moment, the experience, being in Vegas. You know, all man coming together. Uh, it was a proper boys trip. So, and... Vegas was much more functional than, like, I could have imagined it to be even. Like, it just, like, everything there just, like, connects so nicely. I'll be honest. I was pretty proud of you. I, I felt like you were in the moment. I feel like sometimes you're very in your head about things and, like, you know, you like to think about, make sure everyone else is having a good time. I think it helped that everyone was, like, just doing their, their own thing and having a good time and, like, but their own thing was part of the group and, like, it just, it meshed very well uh, somehow. And, and I think you were very good at staying in the moment and not, like, Concerning yourself with what everyone was drinking at the moment and what you were drinking at the moment, yeah, you did a very good job with that. Yeah, I don't know. my drinking ability is just—it's just shot. You know, I just 
that was, I was on edge the whole weekend, just making sure, all right, is everything clicking in here? Everything's still working? And, you know, my body held up. Those, uh, the liquid IVs or whatever, I think, were uh, key recovery tools every day. Uh, but, yeah, survived. Got my shots down. It was a little, a little iffy the last night or so. I don't know, getting, throwing the drinks back, but uh, found a way. And I think, I think the real star of the show was Elon, you know, he really... Oh, yeah, he, he brought it. Yeah. yeah, he brought it, for he sure. Play. So, yeah. He was drunk the entire... Like, <laughs> since he landed, I think he was drunk. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was good stuff. Um, I would go back. I, 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 keep it under the seven or eight years. I think we can make it back out there. I don't know that I, like, want to, though. Like, to me, like... What we what we did could be achieved at AC, uh, for a long a long weekend in AC I think. Yeah, but AC's not the I don't know. AC's lost. A- AC you feel a little bit less safe than you do in Vegas. I feel like does that make sense? Uh, I don't know. What walking the streets or yeah what? yeah, yeah. you can't you can't like cas- well that's well that's why we don't. You know, you can casino hop in Vegas yeah, where you couldn't no AC. Yeah, to walk outside in Atlantic City. Yeah, I mean the, the air wasn't as good as in the link as I would have wanted it, though. Okay. I, I, I didn't feel the oxygen pumping through my veins. Uh, you might be right. I mean, I, I, if it was, we would have been up till 2 o'clock every morning, no? Nah, maybe. I mean, we all woke up so early. Our clocks were all thrown off. That's true. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Our toilet got a lot of, lot of action. A lot of action. I'm glad we had no situations where, like, you know, two of us had to go at once and it, was, it would have been a disaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, I, think I was pretty right. concerned about it uh, Friday morning. <laughs> But it, it turned out okay. No, yeah, I think it all worked out okay. Yeah, no. Uh, I think we'll do some future boys trips once once we get through all the weddings. Uh, Scott's already planning them. Why? What does he have? Uh... He mentioned eight times that your bachelor party's like. It's like uh, yeah, like uh, yeah. this is the last bachelor party, so like I think I'm just gonna like plan a boys trip next year. Like, well, I'm like, all right, man, <laughs> fine. Uh, you find a good game, maybe a casino nearby the stadium. You, know, you travel out somewhere. Yeah, that works for me. City. I say all these like little cities have uh, casinos now. You know. Yeah, so probably, probably better odds and easier to get cheap tables, you know. That's the biggest challenge out there, just finding a decent table. Yeah, but, although, yeah. It's going to be tough if the group loses like 4,000 every time. Although I still need to get John's number. I don't know what, uh, do you know how down John was when it was all said and done? No, I'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll find out. He's going to listen to this, but I'll report it back anyway. Yeah, Okay. But I'm glad that's done with. On to the wedding. And I'm looking forward to having that in the back burner. And being done. Yep. Uh, I, I get it, man. Long engagement, I told you. It's a rough, uh, rough trial when you do it that way. wasn't my choice. <laughs> but, uh, uh, speaking of anxieties, let's, let's hit up this last topic here. Oh, we're like doing great on time, by the way. We, we had this, like, we're, like, we're going to do a shorter pod tonight. Not much to talk about. But we got to end it here with uh, – it's March Madness. It's Rutgers Anxiety Day. Uh, first four game going on in about an hour. Um, how are you feeling about this team? <sighs> this team I love with all my heart, but uh, they, they like to tear your heart out and stab you in the back of you know, every other game. Uh, and this is a matchup Rutgers should win, and all the games Rutgers should win, they always play down to the competition – so I'm pretty concerned about it as the tip-off approaches. Um, you know, I bought a shirt. I'm trying to get Oh, good for you. Yeah. Right. I got one last year when they made the tourney. I think I'll make it. If they make the tourney, I'll get a shirt, you know. Some good, uh, good mojo I'm trying to build. And, you know, I'm just hoping this team we get through today. I think we, we could beat Bama. I mean, crazier things I, I think if we get through this game, we're in, we're in okay shape. Um, I'm concerned 
that the things I've learned about Notre Dame in the last few days are that they shoot a lot of threes uh, and that they play a decent amount of zone. Uh, Rutgers has really struggled against every zone defense they face this season. Uh, they just, like, they, they play like us in fast break, basically, trying to break down a zone. They just don't know where to go in the zone. They don't know who to pass to. The shooters are never in the right spots. It's a real problem. Um, when teams shoot a lot of threes against Rutgers, one of two things happens. They hit three of them or four of them, and Rutgers usually wins by a decent margin. Or they hit 12, and Rutgers cannot match that kind of output. Um, Notre Dame, despite taking a lot of threes, did not put up a lot of scoring this season. I guess they're just not that good at shooting. Um, <laughs> and they don't get to the line at all. Uh, but Rutgers is pretty dumb at fouling and can, can kind of make up for that today. So, yeah, I'm nervous about this game. I, from my understanding, Bama is like a similar team to Rutgers. And I always think Rutgers, when they play a similar team, can, can kind of outdog any team. Um, Texas Tech, kind of same deal. So we just got to get through this one. And I think we have, you know, we can, we can get to the Sweet 16. Um, if we got that far, man, anything could happen. Anything could happen, you know. That we're playing Duke here. Well, in my bracket, I have Davidson over Duke. So, like, if we get to the Sweet Sixteen, <laughs> we're playing Davidson. You know, we got Gonzaga in the Elite Eight, man. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. You know, yeah. we'll take one game at a time. We're we're bringing the pod back. We have to keep the mojo going. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll take one game at a time here. <laughs> um, regardless, it's it's good to be in. You know, I had a lot of like. NIT positivity over the last like two weeks and yeah uh, that's a horrible take I, I can't I'm just no I, take disgust man you guys I'm just an optimist man I, I'm just I'm, I'm happy optimist. to be here now you're, it's annoying that we're this, a loser you're like a Cubs fan yeah <laughs> it's annoying that we're in this first four game I, I'm not gonna lie like it uh, you don't feel like you're in the field in this first four like I said it, it's a well deserved first four game we we were made to have to prove ourselves with the amount of bad losses we've had so yeah get it done we'll get it done. All right, man. On that note, uh, I think uh, – do you have anything else you want to talk about? No, I've already turned the tide on John tonight, so I'm looking forward to this. I mean, for Justin. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, he didn't know how to use waivers last year, so no problem out-wavering in this season. And, yeah, then Garrett's going to get his comeuppance, and, you know, all will be well. Uh, I have nothing more to add there. Good pod, Ira. Go Rutgers. Uh, Go are you? Yeah, blow out Notre Dame so Rutgers doesn't hire Mike or Maryland doesn't hire Mike Bray. Thanks, guys. All right, Ira, here we are. It is May fourth, Star Wars Day, I guess. For those who care, uh, oddly, like you know, half of our listening base does care. So happy uh, Star Wars Day to those folks. May the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. That's the right, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah okay. I'm helping you out there. Oh well. Uh, I mean, I'm just happy that I knew it. I'm pretty impressed with myself there, uh, as a not a hater, but just not really a fan of it. Uh, and, and of those you know, two fans that listen to the show, and one is a huge Star Wars fan, we have to, unfortunately, give a congratulations. So uh, begrudging congrats to you, Bibsy, for winning the 2022 sternum. Uh, 2021. 21. Yeah, you're right. By Yahoo conventions. Yes, you're right. <laughs> yes. No, yeah, but it's been, a, it's been a long while for Justin. I mean, the last sternum was 2014. Uh, you know, a couple of finals appearances along the way, but uh, yeah, you got it done. It was a uh, you know a grueling playoff bracket. We had a very close matchup in the semis, and you know he was able to pull away versus Andrew in the finals. Ultimately, it was a, a pretty good playoffs all in all. A lot of close matchups, so yeah, I was uh, I mean sad for the league that Justin won, but you know a well earned, a well earned victory. Yeah, it's um, 
it's kind of strange because like all season we've been saying like, oh, well, first off, this is one of like his worst draft boards ever probably, right? Going into the season. Yeah, it was a pretty weak it, draft. It's a pretty rough draft for him. Um, but all, like all season, and like we made fun of him a lot on this podcast, but we both kind of knew like he was going to be a force. Like he was just kind of going to keep coming. And, and the way other teams' teams were just kind of like dropping at random points, if he kind of held firm and got the right breaks – He'd be there at the end of the day, and uh, that's kind of what happened here. Yeah, he blitzed. I mean, the mo- he blitzed the moves during the regular season, really, to you know help uh, help close the gap. I think at points he had a a couple of big like seven two wins versus me in the regular season that were frustrating. Uh, probably swung like the first round by between us. Um, but yeah, I, I pulled up his draft board. It was pretty pretty weak. I mean, Drew Holiday in the first round, solid pick. Uh, he kept Julius Randle, and I don't think he met a fifth-round value this time around. Uh, you know, some busts like uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jalen Suggs was in there, Isaiah Roby, Stephen Adams. Uh, he had a nice pick with Scotty Barnes in the 11th round, so I mean, imagine that guy will be staying with him for a while. But, uh, yeah, it was a pretty lousy draft, and uh, it didn't matter. A classic Justin... Uh, you know, story, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he never even really had that much of a down part of the season. Like, he started off losing three of his first four weeks, and, and honestly, in pretty bad fashion, two of those three, six, a two, seven. Ripped off a nine-game, nine-week win streak in the middle of the season with uh, all but two of those being greater than five fours. Uh, lost two uh, tough ones to Duran and John back-to-back, four or five losses. And then rattled off five straight wins. Again, none of those were 5-4 victories. So, um, like, on paper, kind of a dominant season for Justin. Like, he really, he really uh, It's a little crazy a that he pulled it out. Uh, I mean, he made two trades all season. It wasn't like he was the most active guy in the trade market even. You know, he picked up De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald. Uh, Heald played quite well once he got to Indiana. And Fox had a nice close to the season. Um, but he got Fred Van Vliet. That was a nice, that was a nice score from Duran, who I think got a little fleeced in the deal. Uh, got Fred Van Vliet and OG and you, and, and Dur- Ira, someone always gets a little bit fleeced in the deal. That's how deals work. You know, so there's always going to be a winner and loser over time. Well, so, yeah, well, you know, nice uh, to just indicate the losers now. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I think what you're really have alluded to probably four times in, in the last two minutes of you speaking now is that while Justin had a poor draft, uh, a poor trade season, or not a very active trade season, uh, he still found a way to, to win the league uh, on the back of 306 moves, which is, uh, I believe, a, a league record, right? I don't think we've ever eclipsed 300 before until uh, both he and Andrew did it. Might be a record, season. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, our, our two finalists, uh, both over 300 moves, fairly interesting how that's the case. Our third place manager also uh, went pretty high at 274, and our fourth place manager in 91. Um, so I'd say that moves have a pretty solid impact, uh, especially when you're at certain levels uh, of winning here. I think it's well, I think it's apparent, especially, you know, when end of season, you know, you're going to see some lineup uh, changes as teams need to go into the tankathon. Um, obviously, COVID and injuries are still prevalent throughout the season. Sure, sure, of course. Yeah, but I mean, if, if you want to be a winning manager in the playoffs, you got to make moves. That's that's always been the case. Uh, waivers or no waivers. I mean, Corey should have won versus Andrew in the quarterfinals. Uh, they, Andrew barely won that matchup, and, you know, it was like a... At 55 to 45 and games played. So, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's uh, basic. I we, mean, you, got, you got to make a little effort. We said it was a, a nut up or shut up series for Corey as far as like, will he ever win a sternum? And I think this is pretty proof positive. You know, it's probably not going to happen in the next five years at least. Uh, 
you know, things, things change obviously quickly, but um, it seems like he doesn't have the testicular fortitude to get and get it done in the postseason when you got to make the moves. So, yeah, it's a strong roster. Disappointing yeah. to see uh, that he wasn't able to do anything. Uh, I mean, yeah, could have been in the finals. By the way, you, you could probably all hear it through the microphone, but I wish you could all see the smirk on Ira's face when I asked that question about the moves and, and just him smirking every time I add another layer to that, that question. Uh, and, and, just, and the smirk coming out know, again I here. I just know where Paul wants to go. Well, it's the only place Paul ever wants to go in these conversations. Well, well you know, let's, just, let's get there to start. You know, we'll talk about some of the elite average finish stuff as, as we go here. But since it's kind of on the run down here, um, I'll talk about the, the playoff format with waivers. Justin, who is our league champion, just had publicly said that he would rather go to a moves limit all year long than have these continuous waivers in the playoffs. So I guess what are your thoughts on that as kind of the last holdout for, for no moves limits? Uh, how are you feeling there? Well, you know, I feel that rather than putting moves limits in, we should simply have a, a fair starting time to like, there's no the there, there's no way to do it in Yahoo, Ira. It's quite you don't need to do it through Yahoo. I mean, uh, we've already clarified that we don't need to follow Yahoo's rules anymore. Yeah, but how yeah, do you but how do you enforce an issue if someone if cheats someone a pickup? Does it before six a.m. You just you just cancel a pickup. You penalize the manager, take a draft pick away. We've done this before. It's all the same. It's the same thing with maintaining rosters. All right, I mean, well, we'll have to figure it out. How did you personally uh, feel about the the playoff format with the waivers? Personally, you know, I find it frustrating, especially like when you're in like a, a spot where it's like the guy's projected to come back in a day and he's in your IL spot. And like in order to activate him from an IL spot, you have to then drop a guy a day in advance. Yeah, that, that's the IL, the IL maneuverability in Yahoo is really getting antiquated, especially with like, like you would think they'd make some changes to the format just based on like how the league, like how the NBA has functioned over the last five years versus the 10 preceding it, you know? Um, but they haven't really adapted at all. It's, it's frustrating. It's tough when a guy's like probable or like questionable, like, and you're 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 basically just saying, all right, I'm gonna drop a guy, and hopefully he's active. Or but you can't make a, you can't make a day of pickup now with this with the uh, waiver format. So yeah, you know, I mean, I'm happy to put in 20 waivers if that's how you want to play. It. I, I mean, what we really need is like we need like how baseball has the expanded roster, like in the the back end of the regular season. We need that kind of thing where like we go from. 15 slots to 20, 25 slots or something like that. That way, and like you could redraft those last 10 spots and then, then make it a free-for-all. I mean, for, for, all, for all I care at that point. That'd be a pretty interesting uh, approach to it. Um, oh, I actually like that. I wonder <laughs> if you can expand the rosters midseason. I mean, I think if the Yahoo settings allow it, yeah, just up the number. And that way you're not, like, cycling through actual good players and, like, good players aren't showing up on every team in the playoffs. This is why we did it in the first place, right? This yeah. is why we expanded it last time. Yeah, yeah. We can keep on expanding. Well, just, okay, well, I'll, I'll think about that and we'll, we'll see if we can do it now that we know that you can make some sort of on-the-fly adjustments. Um, cool. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, let's talk about the Conley Accords. We're, we're kind of one year in. There's probably going to be some discussion over it this summer. Uh, I think I know your take on the Conley Accords, but let's, let's hear how you feel after a season of it has gone by. Uh, yeah, I think when it comes to the Conley Accords, I think it did its job. I thought, you know, we wanted to make teams give up value in trades, and, you know, it does that. It stopped the Marshall trades from happening altogether, which I think is uh, – it was better than what we had. I'm sure there's ways to – improve upon that format. I mean, there's still ways to give value that uh, maybe the Conley Accords don't allow. And it'd be nice if we could do that, but it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, I, look, I'm all in favor of um, constantly tweaking. Like, I, look, 
I think just based on the Conley Accords alone, we got to put in some tightening up language this summer. I'm sure that'll get done. Um, you know, we can, we can experiment with different things. I think you could do like a, almost like a one every three year waiver where like you could waive the Conley Accords for a certain trade, but like not be able to do it every year. Uh, that could be something interesting. Um, and, and, you, and, you could, and, you, and like trading for the rights to that, that waiver could be an interesting thing as well. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I think overall, like, look, we had arguments because there was people, people uh, chose to interpret the rule in their own way that, that was outside of what it was. I think what we've come to realize with our set of friends is that we're argumentative bunch. We like to push the boundaries. No matter what we do, there's always going to be pushing the boundaries. But I think like once we're used to this in a year or two, it's just going to, it will eventually stop, you know, the hardcore conflict and we'll, you know, eradicate the kind of deals that we don't want happening. So I think overall we had to call it a success. I think it, it accomplished what we did. You know, Garrett is not actually resigning as commissioner, it seems. So uh, all is good in the world there. Uh, you have on the rundown here is the state of the league item, Paul being over fantasy basketball. I, I, I'm curious what you mean by that. And, and then I'll can respond. Well, I think, I think you, you expressed some, uh, you know, just some unhappiness, I think, over the course of the season, whether it's complaining about injuries or just complaining about people making moves. I, I sense that, uh, you know, you, you, you find the game has gotten stale or, you, I don't know, you like weekly or you like having more DFS-style formats. I don't know. It just seems like you're... Uh... No, well, here's, here's the deal. Number one, I love our league. Like, um, I'm more concerned about other people's burnout than my own. Like, I, like what happened with me this year... Uh, and first off, like, let's, let's be honest, when we look at the, the average finishes, the reality is I'm an every other year manager when it comes to playoffs. And, cont- and fortunately, the last like, you know, decade or so, when I'm in the playoffs, I'm generally kind of contending. I'm, I'm trying to get a top you know, three spot. Um, but uh, that said, this was supposed to be a down year. I finished in eighth despite a fairly significant amount of effort. I made 88 moves, uh, which, which puts me in the upper class. Uh, I had bad... Like, there's certain things you can't overcome. Bad injury luck to your good players um, and, you know, your later draft picks and, and ad drops not really panning out. Um, I just did the breaks this year, which, which, like, obviously for anyone makes the league less fun. You have guys like Levy complaining. Like, the reality is he's been in that situation that I just described, but worse for the last, like, three, four years now. So, like, it's not that the game has necessarily become less fun. It's just that he's become so bad and, like, non-competitive. It's not fun when you're not competing. Like, that's, that's how anything in life is. Um, you know, I know there's been complaints from Trevere, like same kind of deal. He has been less competitive and like this year was a really good example of, uh, you know, he kind of did the minimum and uh, he made 38 moves. It's actually probably a record for him over the last five years, but couldn't, couldn't get into the playoffs still. Uh, I look my, my concern always is that people, cause I know I'm not quitting, right? I'm going to be here. I enjoy it. I enjoy everything that comes with it. Uh, I'm always concerned that other people are going to find it less fun and don't want to be involved anymore. And then it begins to fold, right? So that, that's my main concern. I think we're kind of past the point of like bringing on new people. Like Scott would probably join if people dropped potentially. But like beyond that, we're not really adding new people to this league that from like the outside. We're not, we don't have that kind of bandwidth to do so. Uh, and I want it to be our, our core, you know, group of friends here being in the league together. That's what makes it special. So uh, was I bored of the season probably midway through because I just kind of saw the writing on the wall and, and nothing I could do to get going. You know, I couldn't even make a trade to get like a better second keeper that I wanted. Like nothing went for me this season. I just literally couldn't get anything going. Um, that's fine. Next season will be better. That's my perspective. Um, you know, I, I just hope that, that we're doing everything we can to keep everyone else involved and interested. 
Uh, I think at least I think at least you know seven to eight managers are pretty engaged and enjoying the league. Um, so I I don't think anything is that urgent, but. I'm also of the mindset that I like to explore new formats and, and you know, if there's – I've always joked that we should do something like a quarter quell in um, the Hunger Games where, like, every, you know, tw- <laughs> like, five years, 15 years, 20 years, whatever you want to do, like, we just drop our format for a year, put it on pause, and, like, do something totally different for that year as, as our game format just to keep it fresh. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, I don't think it's necessarily stale. I think it's been more challenging with the COVID stuff. Hopefully as we go – It'll get a little bit easier to, to, to manage and, and um, you know, we'll get back to how it was maybe two, three years ago. And I, I'd say we were kind of in the peak post-college years of, of the league. So I, I, I think we'll get back there soon. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're, uh, you're coming in a little fresher, a little rosier on things right now. Uh, I've had a month off. That's, you need the off-season sometimes. You just need the off-season. It's true. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to step away. And yeah, no, I found... Uh, you know, I suppose that I just my feet my defeat this season. Well, I think you know it wasn't the end of the world. Well, you wanted to defeat Ira. That's that's. I mean, it, unfortunately for you, Justin verbally said that he wants a moose limit, which was the intent of you not winning the championship this year was that you keep your no your no moose limit. But you, 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 it's kind of a double loss now. I don't need. I can win with moves. I can win without moves. Yeah, you can't win without moves. I can win without moves. Moves is your lifestyle. You can win, but you're not going to win on a recurring basis the same way. It's just not possible. I mean, I don't know. I, I think in, in, if you're not doing anything in the playoffs, yeah, you're probably going to have a hard time. But, like, in the regular season, I don't know. You can build a roster. Look at John Stein. And the guy still hasn't really – I mean, this season's roster was pretty weak for a playoff team. And he still made the playoffs because he has a strategy that makes him competitive. All yeah, the time. Uh, this, is, this is true. This is true. But, uh, yeah, no. I guess it'll be interesting. I mean, we haven't hit it yet, but I guess we could say – do any thoughts on what – for the Landers meeting and uh, – we still have to do the lottery. I mean, are you thinking these should be an in-person events now or are these all done over Zoom? What's the, uh, the best way to ensure? Uh, this is kind of a league question. I mean, do we need to – does change help keep the league fresh and keep people interested? Or does it – adding complexity and layers get people turned off and annoyed? Well, I think the complexity definitely turns some people off. Some people like it. Like, I think like everything in this league, it's, it's basically a 50-50 split, right? Um, I don't know what new rules are going to be proposed this year. I can't see any sweeping changes going on. Um, nothing, like no major issues happen this season that like people are pissed about. John's going to keep going on about the same things he's been going on about, about like his one issue, you know, they couldn't drop Dame or whatever during the <laughs> playoffs like three years ago. Um, there's always little nitpicks that we can't do sweeping change on. Um, as far as your initial question, which I think is honestly the more important one, as we talk about why the league matters and, and all that, is uh, the in, in-person-ness of a lottery or manager's meeting. Um, I personally think that the manager's meeting was really has flourished in, in the Zoom era. Uh, that said, I, I do think the ideal is having an event that day. So we do a Zoom meeting uh, or like, honestly, the conference room here is perfect. We could have people sit around a conference table, put it up on the, on the screen for the people that aren't there to Zoom in, um, but also, again, it's still harder for those people to have their voice heard if everyone else is in person to some degree. Uh, it works at work, though work doesn't have 12 of us fighting all the time and trying to scream over each other. Uh, but I, I think a Zoom meeting works with like an event planned so that we all can hang out. That's what the league is really supposed to be about, you know, getting, getting lunch at, you know, at Applebee's or some shit like that. You know? um, that's what it should be about. The lottery, 
I think the lottery should just get tacked on to the manager's meeting at some point. Uh, we're, we're definitely not going to do it as part of the podcast next year. That, <laughs> that definitely has not gone well. Um, you know, there's only so many days I can ask of people, so I can't see the lottery being in person additional to uh, yeah. anything else. Yeah. So maybe, maybe the way we do it is we do a Zoom manager's meeting, and on the day when everyone gathers, we do the lottery in person. That could be a lot of fun. Okay. So like a night, a night lottery and a, yeah. a Zoom meeting in the day kind, kind of thing? That's right. Yeah, I think yeah, definitely the Zoom format I think leads to better conversation in the uh, and like managers meeting. And again, this should be like managers meeting. Like to me, what what is the best managers meeting in your mind? The best managers meeting uh, out of over the years. Yeah, uh, I feel like we had a good one at the Olive Garden. Uh, that the, the Olive Garden was great, and I still, but I still think like purposeful wise, I think like the one that was at my dad's office and Ruth's Chris. Like, there's something special about that, right? We, oh, we, we got dressed up as friends. We had a nice meal. We hung out. We went back to New Brunswick after and, and, like, chilled and drank. To me, like, we're adults now. A lot of us, like, it's hard to do stuff in the day and get away from our families. But, like, to me, we could all get free at night. It'd be, like, cool to, like, dress up. Not, like, dress up, dress up. But, like, go to a nice dinner in New Brunswick, maybe, somewhere in the middle of everybody. Go out, you know, ha- have a nice meal, drink a little bit, and, and, and you know, Enjoy each other's friendship that way. To me, that would be like a nice way to continue this tradition going forward. Okay, I like it. Yeah, do a lottery in the middle of the restaurant. Could be nice. Yep. Oh, that'd be that'd be sick. Bring my bring my bingo uh, <laughs> turner in here. It's still sitting right over there. I got mocked for that purchase, but it's uh, gonna be three years now. The lottery, which is kind of wild to think about, right? You said this is the first time you're using it. No, this will be the third time. Did you use it? You used it when we did it. Okay. Yeah, remember. All right, bad people are really gonna think that we fucking rigged it. If, if you're <laughs> if you're questioning whether I used the bingo thing or not, I think we only did it over the phone. So like you were, you know, you were on your side and I was on my side. Nah, nothing on my end. Okay. Um. Uh, all right. Good. One twenty. I'll keep this around for a while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah. Yeah. No. Uh. But yeah, I think, I think we did it over the phone. That's why. I don't. I wasn't there to see it spinning. Oh, that's right. It was our Zoom. Okay, that that makes sense. Um, okay, should we talk about average finish? Uh, yeah, we can get into the average finish. Why not? Um, so yeah, the I mean, the big thing I guess from with Justin's victory, a little exciting. He's now actually tied Shabir in the all-time average finish. I think we're sixteen seasons in now. Maybe seventeen seasons in. Five, B through us. Yeah, but uh. They both sit at 5.27 lifetime. Uh, John's at 5. With only six seasons in the books. Andrew's at 4.94. So we have a nice four-way race now for a second place in the average finish. Uh, then we have, you know, like the likes of Garrett Paul, uh, Eric. But, come on. I want to draw a line. Gar- the Garrett Paul I mean, er- Eric's last five seasons are 12th, 9th, 9th, 4th, and 10th. Uh, right, right. He's really years, if if you yeah. if you turn that one into uh into like a four, uh, it's really not that much worse. It's seven two five, but I mean, I feel like Garrett and I are going one way, and Eric is kind of going the other. Though things change quickly in this league, that is that's for sure. Yeah, and then I even uh we've seen, but I mean for Justin now, I think he has improved every season in like the last uh, what was the stat? Every since twenty eleven, Justin has improved his average finish every season. So it's been a uh, Quite the quite the rise for Justin. He used to be in the early years like a, a ninth place manager. Well, he's like he's actually you know he hasn't missed the playoffs in a decade, so it's uh it's pretty impressive there. He's the only one to do that. You're close, 
uh, you with obviously you're, you're only you've missed the playoffs once in your history. But I mean, Justin was also pretty bad in the early years of this league. So um, you know, interesting if we have a moves limit, what that could do to Justin. I don't know. I, I think it would devastate him. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. No, well, here's the thing. He he's he's still savvy. Like I think you know any moves limit, we're still gonna allow like seven to ten moves a week. I would imagine. So like I still get you to 140 moves, and he will be able to perform to his level of the past. With that amount of moves, I think. Uh, I don't think he would have made the playoffs with that move limit this season. Uh, this season, probably not, no. He had, like, some weeks probably where he dropped, like, you know, 30 moves in a week kind of thing. I mean, I think Andrew's another one that would be, like, significantly impacted by the moves limit. Like, he, he always says he's all for it, but, like, the last few years, he's been really propped up by, by moves. Like, even the years he's missed the playoffs, he's made, like, an absurd amount of moves. So, it's, it's part of his strategy as well. So, uh... The, the interesting thing now is actually with the Conley Accords, the way they've been, like... If we did the moves limit coming into this season, it would have had kind of crazy implications because, like, draft picks are so scattered. But, like, with the Conley Accords, like, trades don't happen as much as they used to. So, like, Justin and Andrew now have, like, almost normal draft boards coming into next year. And Justin hasn't had draft picks. And, you know, so you're saying it could actually be a catastrophe if we don't put a moves limit in this, this coming <laughs> season. That they'll have, they'll have decent draft boards and they'll be able to make all the moves that they normally make. Oh, oh boy. Well, that also said, like... It's funny, and I always talk about how draft position doesn't really have much impact. And part of that is, like, Justin has gotten a lot of, like, steals in the late rounds in the last few years. Like, every year he has some guy or two that really, like, adds value from those late spots. Scotty, Scotty Barnes, you mentioned this year. Um, I think he had Christian Wood in past seasons. Rashawn Holmes. Like, so, sometimes it, it actually is beneficial. Like, almost the worst place to be is to have too many picks in, like, the seventh and eighth round. There's almost, like, a lot of guys there that, like, should be earlier rounds, but they have injury problems or they're fluky. And, like, you just do better off having picks in, like, the ninth, tenth round to some degree. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's trade-offs to everything. Uh, we should be afraid, though, I think, you're right, if there's no moves limit into the season with, with Justin with a, a fairly steady board. Uh, <laughs> but no different than any other year, I suppose. No. He'll, just, he'll just get to his goal in a different, in a different manner. Yeah, well, we'll see. But, yeah, it's, uh, I guess, other tidbits. And, I mean, right now the only team that's really in a big, like, no a playoff dry spell, uh, Levy right now. Four straight seasons. Of four, three of the last four years in 11th place. He had a third place before that and 12th the year before that. Um, I mean, he's – I mean, nobody's Dank bad because Dank has made the playoffs once since 2009. <laughs> Um, yeah, he had his fifth place in the year prior, so you know yeah. he can ride that for at least like three or four years. I'm like, no, or he doesn't need to make the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Duran's average finish. Ooh, he's sliding. Like that, he's below Levy and Corey is actually surprising to me. Um, he he still hasn't like Duran. Duran, if you're listening, your your big accomplishment for, for next year is to get over the the COVID season. Okay, it's been two years now. <laughs> like your, your championship is not coming back that year. Okay, you just gotta like move on and and accept it and try to win again. That's because you had a nice little run there before, before uh, twenty nineteen. So, let's just get back to it, Duran. You had a stretch of like where you thought like maybe this team could actually like win around in the playoffs, but uh, we'll never know. And who knows? Yeah, we didn't get to see that COVID season play out, which is unfortunate. It would have been interesting to see uh, Duran test things out in the playoff format. But uh, yeah, right now, I mean, looking at the draft board for next season, there's. You know, some teams have loaded up, and Paul's got a few more picks. Really, Duran now will be coming back with vengeance. He's got a 
two third rounder, three third rounders, an extra fourth, an extra fifth, a couple extra sixths. So he will be a team to watch next year, hoping that we see, you know, maybe like a, even a first round bye, maybe if he plays a, a strong season. But uh, the rest of the league is kind of up for grabs. So. As it should be. That's, that's a good sign, I'd say. Yeah, it should be a nice slugfest. I mean, it's fun when things get, things get topsy-turvy and you have like a team like a Dank or an Eric or a Drawn loaded because, you know, that kind of puts them over the top. But, uh, also, there is like more room for like volatility when that happens. Like, just like, you know those guys are going to make some weird deals where they're actually giving up value because they want like, they smell the, the, the opportunity. So it just makes for a more exciting league when like a bottom feeder is basically like in a good spot. I, I always enjoy that. Yeah, no, no, no question. I, I enjoy seeing uh, evolution in the league. So, yeah, hopefully we change things up next season some more. Uh, yeah, we can see maybe the Durans and the hopefully Danky get a little healthier. I mean, Corey had a great season. Maybe he can do it again uh, with a little little effort in the playoffs. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Somebody like a Trevier who, who made no moves this season, it's uh, – didn't pick a direction. It's uh, scary to think where he's going next year. His direction's always, you know, it's the same. Well, really, this year he had more balanced team than past years. He didn't go, like, shooters only. Um, maybe he's going to revert back to that strategy, but that hasn't really worked out for him in a bit either. Uh, yeah, he has, he has some decisions to make. He didn't sell, though. He didn't go for it. It's just to do nothing is... Uh, yeah, and I had offers with him for Harden, and he, like, wouldn't even entertain it. And, like, that looks kind of silly now. To some degree. Yeah, one's got to wonder if, uh, well, should we swing to, I, I made a quick scr- scratch. Very out. helpful for me, who has obviously done zero research on this <laughs> since our last conversation on the topic. So I, I appreciate the research, Ira. Yeah, no, well, it's always fun to try and picture the keepers for each team and kind of see how things play out. But like, is just touching upon, is James Harden a keeper anymore? I mean, it's, especially with the playoffs he's having with the Sixers and like, I mean, just, Ah, well, the thing is, he shouldn't be on Trevier's team, right? I mean, Trevier has uh, Trey Young. He has KD. Is KD still late keeper for him? Uh, I think at this point, it'd have to be a like a first couple round keeper. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, KD proved his medal this year. He's he's back, uh, in my opinion. Um, he has uh, Kyrie, who like assuming he's going to play a full season next year, which it seems like he's going to, should be a monster. Like he has, you would keep Kyrie. Yeah. I wouldn't personally. I don't want him personally, but like, there's options here. Um, you know, like, I think he's probably a better option than than James Harden. No, I don't know. I mean, I don't know with the way the world's going. I don't know if I want to keep a Kyrie Irving. Just it's also just bad mojo. I feel like for the roster. I don't know. You have Trey Young still. You you got James Harden. You got Kevin Durant. I don't know. Would you really want to take Kyrie in the third round if you were I mean, drafting? And you could also do like a late a late keeper situation. Like Cade Cunningham kind of came on towards the end of the season. If you think he'll like rein in his – I mean, Trev doesn't really care about turnovers. But like, you know, that's a guy that could really put up numbers going forward. So in the fifth round, so. Yeah, that's uh, a little early, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, I do like his, his profile for next season. Like he had like a pretty strong rookie year all in all. But yeah, I don't know if you want to take him in the third round or not. But yeah, I mean, if you think maybe he could like fourth round, yeah, fourth round would be a little high, I guess. Um, I personally still like Harden. That's why I was trying to trade for him. But you know, we're running out of time. Yeah, we're running out of time here. Um, all right, let's go to the next team. We've talked about Trev's keeper situation. It's the same keeper situation for the last like five <laughs> seasons now. 
Um, Actually, I will say, knowing Trev, maybe he does keep Cade and just say, fuck it, Cade in the fourth Yeah, time. he does get, like, he, not emotional decisions, but, like, he gets, he loves the like other. Andrew, he, he, likes, he likes the new guy. Uh, and for, he is lucky in that, like, it always kind of pays off for him, it seems like. You know, whenever he does something stupid with his keepers, or that we all think is stupid, it tends to work out. So, Trey, go Duran, and yeah. Cade in the fourth, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Who'd you want to hit? Uh, let's go down your, your rundown here. Let's start with our champion, Justin. Uh, let's see what he's returning this year. Plus, you know, like, you know, we like to make fun of Justin on here. Let's make this his day. You know, <laughs> he's a winner. He's a regular listener of this podcast. Like, let's, let's try to make him happy for once, you know, here. All right, so who do you believe his keepers are going to be? Uh, so I pulled out. I mean, I have to assume Scotty Barnes in the 10th round is too good to pass up. Uh, you know, a, a nice solid rookie season. And you figure, you know, the shooting's only going to improve. He's probably only going to increase his role in the Raptors system. You know, he went for like 15 and 7, 3 assists. But basically check every box in the stats. And like good defensive stats, which like, I mean, for a rookie, like everything he's doing and a guy who like people weren't so sure about what, he, what his role would be and all that. I mean, he's really kind of flourished. I think it'd be insane not to keep him in that late round. Yeah. I would say he has Fred Van Vliet also. I might be a season to fade on Raptors, I feel like, just because Nick Nurse really overtaxed these guys throughout the season. Like, they all played, like, minutes in, like, the high 30s. So, I might, I think I wouldn't go Fred Van Vliet. I think I'm trying to go towards, like, DeMontis Sabonis now in Sacramento. And maybe I still go Donovan Mitchell. I know it's you know, not, not, a, not a popular choice right now in the NBA, but the guy puts up, made a big steals boost. He puts up the scoring stats always, strong percentages, lots of triples. Um, I don't know whether he's in Utah or New York. Uh, he should get what he wants. And, like, I think either way, he's, like, no matter what happens with him next year, he's probably going to be happier than this year. He, he won't need to ice out his center anymore, so maybe his assists <laughs> will go up. Um, so, I, look, I think Mitchell's a good player. I think he made a little bit of a mini, mini fantasy leap this year. Um, I think he's definitely keepable over, over Van Vliet. Uh, another guy I had targeted in the uh, keeper trade market that Justin didn't want to part with, or Dur- no, Duran didn't want to make a deal with me and then trade him to Justin. So uh, thanks for that, Duran. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I think Justin's going to be in a good starting place this year, uh, especially because of that Scotty Barnes pick. Sabonis so um, be interesting to see in his new role. He's going to have an opportunity to get more blocks and steals. If he does get that, I think he's a, a like a lock keeper pretty much, uh, along with everything else he does. So. Yeah, he's, he's unique. For a center to be giving, you know, pretty much stats in every category, is, uh, it's rare. And Sacramento, they end up, I mean, they have Darren Fox, but they just got some bonus. He's going to have plenty of runs still. Totally agree. Uh, let's go down the line here. Let's go to Andrew. Yeah, I should say, uh, as I was looking at his draft results, another interesting option could be uh, he has Desmond Bain in the 15th round. He took him. So, I mean, that's someone to consider. I mean, No, he has to keep him. Has to keep him. He averaged 18.2, 4.4, and 2.7, and he's going to keep him in the 14th round. I mean, you can keep LaMelo Ball, though, but I mean, I think the, uh, the sixth round. Yeah, but that's classic, like, value. Like, you will never replace that value in the 14th round. Like, you could, you could, if, he made the draft LaMelo in, like, the f- third or fourth round. You have to keep, yeah. But he's worth, but he's worth that value. Desmond, you will never find Desmond being value in the 14th round. Uh, I am, and... And this is me, who was ignorant about... Do Bain's that good also? I mean, you should just ask the question. I mean, he put up 18 points and had three three-pointers, but... Like, is your question, could he run his own team by himself? I don't know, but it's not going to be the case next season. Uh, it's, it's more of 
those like Louis stat profiles. That's kind of like I don't know. I just feel like you're, you're concerned. You're concerned that what's going to happen to Kyle Anderson this season is going to happen to Desmond Bain next season. That's kind of what you're getting at. Yes. So, yes. but it's still worth a flyer in the 14th round to get this. Like, what if he improves? What, what if what if he gets better? All right, right now we're saying we're keeping Lamelo as one of our. You're first, saying, yeah. Uh, well, as one of our first two round keepers, so that means what we're keep we're dropping John Morant, who's an Andrew staple. I don't think John Morant. No, he's keeping. Down. He's going to keep John Lamelo. So he's dropping Devin Booker then. Oh. This is the trade off. Uh, and Andrew's drafting. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think you just have to live with it. I, I honestly. So you, you, you're dropping those 27 points, five boards, five assists? I'm probably dropping... Um, Pretty elite percentages from Booker. Mm-hmm. This is a tough one. I mean, if anything, I might drop... Drop Jaw. Me but too. I, mean, I, know, well, I know. We both are like, Andrew's not dropping <laughs> Jaw. But um, I know. This is a tough one. You can't drop Lamelo. Uh, who are they hiring as a coach? Do we have... Uh, the, they were actually linked to D'Antonio, so... Okay. Uh, oh, hardest. Jesus Christ. Well, he definitely can't drop. Which is like just going even more in on like what this team does already, offense. <laughs> Oof. Mm. Yeah, I mean, see, like, this is why, and I mean, he made it to second place, so I'm not going to question his actual managing, but like, to me, I would have looked at this situation and been like, I could trade, like, Desmond Bain for the house. Like, like you probably could. Could have gotten something for If him. he was smart, he would have been like, hey, look, this is going to be the best guy drafted in the next, like, this will be the best late round keeper of the next two, three years. Like give me give me two quality guys and uh, and a pick, and he could have made it worth worth the while. Uh, yeah, he's gonna have a hard decision. Um, hmm. Yeah, to me, I think he's gonna. Oof, Booker's a hard one. To, you can't just get rid of Booker though. I don't know. It's tough. I guess we'll see how how Booker's hamstring is is being talked about and and all that. Uh, and maybe he thinks about which which one of these guys is possibly more recapturable in the in the third round, and maybe he goes that route. Uh, but I, I think he's going to keep being. That's my that's my hunch. Yeah, yeah. No, I think the uh, the late round keeper is is hard to get away from. I think yeah. yeah. Just you know when you see that number in that name, that's nice. But all right, let's swing next to a uh, Doran. Okay. Who I picked, Dejounte Murray. Uh, Jamal Murray is the 10th rounder. Yep. And I think the best, next best thing on this roster is Jeremy Grant. Um, no belief in Ben Simmons? Right, yeah. So <laughs> I, I guess we should, have, we should mention his name. Ben Simmons is available. And, and, that's, it, and that's it. We don't talk about him anymore. That's it. Uh, sorry, you said DeJounte Murray, uh, Jamal Murray, uh, which, by the way, like, Duran, I know the Shy Turp name is great, and I'm all about keeping, like, historical <laughs> names, but you might just got to do, like, the Brothers Murray as your name or something like that. Um, okay, so sorry. Who was the third guy you had him keeping? Or is Murray said a Grant? Yeah, I think Jer- it's Jeremy Grant, right? I, yeah. I guess you can go Jordan Poole. But... Uh, Jeremy Grant, nineteen point two, four point one, two point four. Not great supporting stats this year, I believe. Eh, there were the, the supporting stats were okay. I just don't know, like as that team keeps bringing guys, like he's gonna fall. Like he's just not gonna touch the ball as much. Uh, he had he like should have got rid of him two years ago. Uh, or, like, at least this, coming into this past season, he should have got rid of him. Uh, maybe you keep Brooke Lopez like, as a – no, he, he, like, you just assume that if he's healthy, he's going to put up numbers again. Uh, oh, Kaminga, he's not going to play enough yet. Swaggy Pool. I mean, that's, that's probably the guy. I'd keep him over Jeremy Grant. 
Yeah? Yeah. All right, I think, when did Poole go in the draft? He might, I think Poole was also a late round. Um, Poole was a ninth rounder. All right. Not that. Good. I don't know. I, I, to, to me, between Poole and Murray, you're going to get, like, you're going to get a second round value guy. So you just, well, you just bet on the two of them. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have the score in there. Um, so, I mean, the guards will be coming in strong to keep Poole. Yeah. I mean, figure if, I mean, I guess Clay's more of a factor next season, but. Hard to say. I don't know. Anything I don't know. We'll get, get the playoffs. It seems like everyone's everyone's so. eating there. It's just like honestly, if he's coming off the bench, he's just gonna be super efficient, which is not which is like a good thing for our fantasy league. Yeah. So I think that's where I'd go. Um, yeah. Know. And Duran said from the outset he wanted draft picks, but like support playoff managing not to have gotten any better keeper. Oh, uh, totally. Any any traded Fred Van Vliet to line up with this? Like I I don't know what what the intent was there. For, to me, Fred Van Vliet would have been like the lock second keeper here. Yeah, well, yeah, but even like, I don't know, you could have dropped, you could have added somebody. Like Shea or OG got dropped, like there were guys out there. Yeah, right? no, that, that, that's, that's true for sure. All right, let's, let's keep moving. Yes, uh, I think next up we had Eric's team. He's got, top two I think are pretty clear with uh, Luca and Tyrese Halliburton in uh, Indiana, which might even be a better system for him than he had with Sacramento. It seems like our Carlisle's just... Mm-hmm gotten over his old geezer ways and is just letting the, the young point guard run the ship for once. Um, this team looks stacked with keepers, no? Like, <laughs> like options. He has Aiton, who, like, we got to see where he winds up. He's a free agent this summer. I think he'll wind up back in, in Phoenix. I mean, and if Chris Paul's there, he's going to keep putting up numbers. Um, you know, Jalen Brunson, another potential free agent. Uh, like, that guy could explode next season. That, 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 that's a risk, of course, too. Where did you take Jalen Brunson? I don't think Jalen Unra- was un- not undrafted. drafted. So he'd be a nice He's keeper. still worth that fire, probably. Um, That's why I have I have Jalen Brunson being the keeper on this team. Yeah, I think it's got to be. I mean, unless you, I guess you keep Aiden in the third round or something. And to me, like, maybe you take Aiden over Halliburton just for positional diversity, but, like, you could probably grab... Where he's drafting, he could probably grab Aiden in the third round, you know, or, or someone like Aiden. Yeah. Yeah, Halliburton, no. 15, 3, 4, and 8, 2. Yeah, you got to keep those guys. Yeah, he's in good shape for next year. That's what I think. Uh, got to draft a little bit better next season, but uh, I think he's right there. Yeah, I guess Tyler here on 11th would be no. a keeper option. No, not really. <laughs> all right, all right. Kind of like a Jordan Poole. Uh, anyway. All right, let's keep moving. Another this, this team I find to be like a very interesting one is uh, Dan's team. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of decisions again. Yeah, some big decisions here. I mean, this team, this roster has never got off the ground this season with yeah. Zion. I mean, refusing to play. Um, Paul George, you know, kind of saying midway through the year, like, yeah, hey, we rest up for the playoffs. And Kevin came back, and he looked amazing when he played, but, like, how much is he going to play? Um, you, you have Bam. Bam will be definitely a keeper. Yes, Bam is, Bam is the lock on this roster. Terry Rozier had a great season. I mean... Three triples, 19 points. I don't know why we're still doubting Terry Rozier. Why are we still doubting Terry Rozier's ability? Cause what, I mean, He's cause, good. Because in Charlotte, what is he in the pecking order? Fourth? It doesn't matter. <laughs> that, that's the concern. Everything all right over there? <laughs> that's like 116. Uh, 10 minutes away. All right. Uh, lunch is coming soon. But we also have a timeline for our podcast today, so we'll be running on the clock. We're going to have to carry some of our segments. Oh, we can, we can always be... We can do uh, a second okay, part man, when we come back. Man, all right, this could be a two-part. I think it might be. We're, we're going a little long here, and, and I'm liking it. So right, I'm having fun. No problem. Uh, so Rozier? Rozier was a ninth-round keeper, so I think now he'd be like, uh, I think, a seventh or a sixth-rounder. So, okay, if I'm Dan, here's what I'm doing. I'm keeping – I'm not keeping Zion. 
not keeping I'm Zion. Not keep, at this point, you need to say to yourself, look, I need, I need to have guys who are going to play. The guy did a 360 dunk, I think, in a, during the playoffs. Already. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need guys who are going to play. Um, you know, He's played 24 games as a rookie, 61 last season, and zero in year three. Kind of like a Joel Embiid learning curve. I, I just don't know. The other, the other kind of – where was – was Okongwu drafted or no? It's like if there's a there's a chance that like Atlanta trades if, if Atlanta trades Capella in the off season. Uh, no, this is not crazy to me. Trade he's not like no to me. They could trade him, and Okongwu becomes right, a well, top three round guy. Well, if they trade him, we can have the conversation. But I'm having now projecting what could like a not unrealistic trade. Him coming to Atlanta seemed bonkers at the time. Also, I mean he was Houston, and they traded him. You know I I don't see why. You know, they don't trade him to, like, Philly as a backup or something like well, that. You're still just keeping O'Connor, I think, in the ninth round, which is instead of keeping Zion in the third or keeping Tyrone Gier okay. in the sixth. I just don't like, – I think Zion you could draft in the fifth round this year. So, like, keeping him as a top two keeper, like, has no value. Yeah, no, I, actually, I, I do agree with you. It's time to cut Zion loose. I think you go Paul George. Get him, get him later. Get him later if you want to. Yeah, but, I mean, you can get right Zion in the third round. Maybe the fourth if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I imagine Duran is one of his picks on Zion. If, uh, if he's sitting, <laughs> it feels there. like a Duran guy to you. Well, just like yeah, so many early picks. Like, yeah, that's the kind of swing you take. Yeah, uh, kind of like Chibiers draft with Kyrie. Yeah, uh, this season, uh, who was next in line? Uh, my team. I mean, I think I was not going to reveal any secrets. Uh, let's move uh, on. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm. I mean, there's a. I guess we'll see second keeper. I mean, this kind of. I have, like, options again, like Shea, or I could go with, like, uh, Chris Middleton, Pascal Siakam. I think I'm leaning Nikola Vucevic right I, I was going to say Vucevic is, like, a sure thing as it comes in fantasy, I feel like, for, like, a decade now, it seems. Um, I don't think he's been around that long, but, like, it, it just feels like he's been an institution. And uh, even going to a new team this year, he just puts up the same numbers every game, never really injured long term. Just a, a st- steady, steady hand. Uh, so, yeah. And hopefully his influence can get AD to, uh, you know, be on the floor and just uh, give me some first-round value this season. Yeah, sure, definitely. Anthony Edwards is a late-round keeper for you? Yeah, that's no question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what round do you have him in? He's going to be a ninth-round keeper. Very nice. So, Very yeah, nice. It's a good place. Uh, Garrett's team, who's, you know, we're, we're kind of like at this point, our two rosters. Um, he's keeping Tatum, obviously, who's, you know, kind of ascending, I think. And I, I, I think we have Clary now. But the, the, he won that trade, yeah, yes. He won that deal. Well, I, I won the trade. Wow. Garrett came in second place <laughs> in the trade, and Andrew came in a distant third in the trade, I'd say. So I, got, I, I got, got everything. I didn't give up anything in that trade. You just got a fourth rounder, right? They just paid you to be They arbitraged me. Like, they, they're like, do, we, do you want to be part of an arbitrage? Oper-? Garrett literally right, came to me. He's like, Paul, you like being involved in weird trades. I'm like, Garrett, you're giving up more value than you need to for no reason, but okay. Anyway, yeah. I'll stop it's, ranting. It's, it's guys like Garrett that make people think the trade market should be a lot easier than it is. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so Garrett is, despite Carl Anthony Towns' challenges in the playoffs, I assume he's still going to be kept for next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you can't base fantasy based on the playoffs. It's very dumb. Yeah, well, some managers might, but, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Dumb managers. <laughs> uh, who else? Um, where's Garland drafted? He, he went on the fifth round, so... I, it may still be worth it. I, I doubt it. He, he acquired Gary Trent Jr. from me to, with the intent of keeping him. 
he would be a 12th round keeper. Um, we should mention this roster does have LeBron James, but also Garrett doesn't have a third round draft pick right now. So right. he would have to make some maneuvers to you know acquire a pick to even keep him. Who do you have as the second keeper? He has Tatum and Cat. Oh, Tatum and Cat. Duh. It's a pretty low. I mean, he could keep LeBron. I don't know. LeBron did six games last year. I mean, are you convinced he can exceed that amount next year? It's... No, I think you had to let him go, which is kind of... Is this the first time LeBron is not going to be a keeper? Uh, I think it might be. I think it might In be. his entire... Wow, th- this is monumental. Uh, yeah. Now that Garrett hears this, he's definitely not keeping him. <laughs> maybe maybe Nico come calling, I don't know, but... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, he also has Zach Levine. It's a loaded roster, so, like, this roster is letting some real nice, uh, nice guys go back into the draft. Levy should come here and offer to, like, swap future draft picks to get one of these keepers. Well, should we go to Levy now? Or maybe Duran should, but yeah, uh, yeah, let's hit Levy. Um, Brutal. <laughs> like, literally atrocious. Well, hey, Levy did a good job at least. He got Giannis. He grabbed Chris Paul off the waiver wire when yep. Garrett cut him loose. He actually ended up playing uh, in the regular season again when. He thought he was out for the year. Yeah. Um, so he has Giannis. He has Chris Paul. He has Evan Mobley, who's, you know, looking like, I don't even think we really realized it until, like, it was mentioned to him recently. Uh, yeah, you know, Evan Mobley. In, like, is incredible. The seventh round, yeah, is a, is a very nice Is, is required keeping. Um, what, what do you do with Kawhi? <laughs> uh, I still don't know. I think, based on my, I think based on my Zion theory, it's the same thing. You, you don't keep him. Chris Paul, like, Chris Paul is at the point where, like, we all keep not keeping him, and, like, it's very stupid that we don't keep him. But we've all at least wised up that he's, like, a third or fourth round, like, third, third round pick at least. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently, Chris Paul, Paul can go vegan and become a keeper again. Yeah. Going vegan for me didn't make my back heel, so, yeah. you know, WTS. So you don't, you don't buy, like, the Herb, Herb Jones keeper status for Levy, like, like every, every uh, podcaster in the world is talking about? You know, I mean, hey, look, he's I, a nice I, role player, but uh, yeah, great role <laughs> he's player, not going to play right? next season. But uh, sure, I mean, if Zion comes back, yeah, it's a, yeah. I mean, I'm, Herb Zion's going to be scoring eight points a game. He'll put up great steals and blocks and mm-hmm. threes, but uh, there's only so much you can get from him. I agree. Nice, nice keepers, though. Hopefully, Levy wants to play next year. Yep, agreed. Uh, let's hit Corey's roster. I guess another. Uh, you know, he's set up maybe to come back and be competitive next year. Um, oh, I think definitely, yeah. He's got Joel Embiid, and I don't know, just all these injuries. I don't know, I realize it's the playoffs that's happening, but like, is, is this guy really uh, like a first two round fantasy staple? I don't know. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm, I don't know who did in the offseason, but they had the preseason what? rankings. The rankings don't make any sense anymore. Can we just talk, start there? The rankings are like atrocious. I, they're overvaluing something. The in-season rankings, I think, are fine, but like the preseason stuff, I don't know. They're well, they they have projections. That's what it's it's based on their projections. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, this team's going to keep like unless he wants to keep Jalen. Like Joel's last month, team. Ira. I mean, the dude's fucking incredible. He puts up stats, but just the health is always going to be an issue for this guy. I don't know. We'll He's been pretty clean health the last year or two in the regular season. Eh, this regular all... season, he was good by his standards. He was the number two ranked player in Yahoo. I don't think he was number two ranked. That's but, what I'm seeing. Uh, let me see. Uh, let me. I think the stats have changed now with the offseason. Okay. Let me see. The average stats. 20, or number three, I guess, average stats. Uh, all right. And that's, all right. It says two for the total rankings for the year. Oh, no. This is 2020. Uh, okay. No, excuse me. All right. I think it's correct. That's fine. Anyway, fine. he's, taking, he's keeping Joel. Joel and be very dangerous combination. Keeping Joel. Uh, okay. His other options here. CJ McCollum. Who 
again, the, the Pelicans, like, you don't know what they're going to be next year, but, I mean, he's been pretty strong uh, all year, really, and then he got traded there. He's been strong. Uh, McCall Bridges, is he a late-round keeper for Levy? Uh, I'm talking about Corey. Uh, oh, for Corey, I'm sorry. Mikel, I would not. Nah, he was a draft pick. But, I mean, Miles Bridges, I think he could probably keep if he wanted to, and, like, he's on this roster. Yeah. Miles would be a... Uh, a seventh rounder, so somebody to consider. I mean, he has Josh Giddy. Yeah, you gotta keep Giddy, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, Giddy's season, the stats weren't perfect, but you figure he's gonna improve, like, with another year of development. There is, Giddy does feel like one of those guys, like, I don't know if he's Luca. Like, people wanna think he's, like, the next Luca, but um, it's, like, that food is two minutes away. Uh, yeah, I heard a knock. I thought that might have been the food. Yeah, I think that was maybe the door or something. All right. We're getting hungry. Um, um, but no, Giddy's percentages were a problem. 42%, 71%, 3 turnovers for a yeah. rookie. Those Ho- are all bad. Hopefully he doesn't just look at scoring and take Jalen Brown. Giddy, like, uh, Giddy, and Giddy could be a guy that could, like, regress in his sophomore year, or Oklahoma City brings in some more talent. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get quite the same thing. Uh, uh, I was going to pause this to talk to the, uh, to the guy here. Excuse me. Hello? Okay. Uh, well, we'll buzz you in. This... Oh, it's outside? Okay. okay. Awesome. Thank you. All right, we're going we're gonna to pause this recording, uh, and uh, we're going we're gonna to come back with our Bye food now. critiques later.